0: Genesis chapter 41. And let's start reading. Let's start reading in verse 1. And it came to pass at the end of two full years that Pharaoh dreamed, and behold, he stood by the river. And so he has his dream. Now, look at verse 8. And it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled. Now, who do you think was troubling his spirit? God was. Remember what the Bible says about the heart of the king? It's in the hand of the Lord and he turns it with us whatever way he will. All right. So it says, and it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men thereof. And Pharaoh told them his dream, but there was none that could interpret them unto Pharaoh. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh saying, I do remember my faults this day. Pharaoh was wroth with his servants, and put me in ward in the captain of the guard's house, both me and the chief baker. And we dreamed a dream in one night, I and he. we dreamed each man according to the interpretation of his dream, and there was with us a young man and Hebrew and uh, Hebrew, servant to the captain of the guard, and we told him, and he interpreted to us our dreams, to each man according to his dream did he interpret? And it came to pass, as he interpreted to us, so it was. Me he restored unto mine office, and him he hanged. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him hastily out of the dungeon. And he shaved himself and changed his raiment, and came in unto Pharaoh. Now I want you to notice in verse 9 what the Bible says. Then spake the chief butler unto Pharaoh, saying, I do remember my faults this day. What I want to talk to you about tonight, what I want us to examine from the Bible, is my faults. My faults. When you see this, I want you to begin understanding and investigating your own heart and your own life. So what is a fault? A fault is a defect. It's something lacking or wanting that is not perfect. A fault is something in my character that's not perfect. Now, we all have areas of strengths and we all have areas of weaknesses. Those weaknesses are our faults. Some of us have different strengths and different weaknesses. All of us are sinners. Amen. For all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Our faults are the things that keep us sinning and keep us falling short, coming short of the glory of God those are our faults Um, you may by nature be given to fear and despair this is just an example some people are fearful some people are a depressive personality Um, some people are oblivious these are faults in our character and it doesn't that's not sin amen that's not sin Um, but if you do not recognize this fault, Satan can use that in your life to cause you to go into great sin. You understand we're more likely to sin in our area of weakness than in our area of strength. Amen? Let me just tell you, there is this much chance of me falling into homosexuality. That's not something... That I'm real worried about. It, because it just kind of... You know, how many of you guys know what I'm talking about with that? Okay, now look around at the ones who didn't have their hands up. You know their fault. <laughs> that's not right at all, is it? That's just not right. You know, So that's, that's the kind of thing. That's, a, that's not my fault. But I'll tell you what. Real good chance I'm going to lose my temper and hit somebody. <laughs> these guys down here. These guys like that. I, that's bad. I'm not supposed to do that. Okay. This is a, a pastor. Can't be a striker. I'm not supposed to do that. All right. So that's that's my area of weakness. The other's not. So that's my fault. Let me let me give you another. Now, we could take a minute for you guys to tell me my faults, but we're not going to do that. Let me give you an example of. Uh, uh, is somebody talking back here? What? Wait again. We'll get to his faults in a minute. Let me give you one of my faults. How many of you have ever told me something before or after church service, and I said I was going to do it, and it just never happened? How many of you that have experienced that? You guys are... Be- Bob has. See, Bob's the only honest one here. There have been many more of you. One of my faults is if you talk to me around church time, I'm likely not even going to remember that we had the conversation. It's, I don't know why. You know, I can remember what happened in 1312, but I, I can't remember what happened this afternoon. It's just when I'm focused on my message and on what's going on, I'm just oblivious there. So that's a fault that I have. Just an example. So our faults are areas of weakness and we don't all have the same faults. And what's interesting, the way, that we are, the way that we're made, here are the things that bother us. The people that have the same faults we do really get on our nerves. And the people who have different faults than we do really get on our nerves. You know what that means? There's the potential for every other individual in this church to drive us absolutely crazy. And the people said, Amen. Amen. So this is, can you see how this is an important subject for us to talk about? So these are, we're talking about our faults. There's a difference between faults and sin. But if we do not deal with our faults, they can lead to sin. And it's interesting, there are three specific chapters in the Bible, and we're not even going to look at these chapters, there are other things that we're going to be looking at tonight. Three specific chapters in the Bible deal with this. Ephesians 4, Romans 12, and 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And all of those talk about the body and how the body is made up of people with strengths and people with weaknesses. And we can't function as a healthy body unless we have all of those together. Amen. The Bible's very clear on that. Let me describe this a little bit better for you. One person is on top of the world all the time. That's one kind of person. Just always up. There's another person that has a depressive personality. They tend to go into despair. They need each other desperately. Because the person that's always on top might not really understand what it's like to feel hurt and pain. That person needs to learn that lesson. Amen? And the person that's always down needs somebody to come alongside them and say, man, it's not that bad. Life's awesome. Look what God's doing for us. That's what Christian fellowship is about. That's why we need each other. So desperately. The Bible has a lot to say on this subject, so let's, let's dive in. Let's go to Psalm 19. Psalm 19. Now, Psalm 19 is all about the Word of God, just like Psalm 119. But Psalm 19, and let's look at verse 12. The Bible says, who can understand his errors? Have you ever said this? Why did I do that? You ever said that? Who can understand his errors? Then look what the Bible says. Cleanse, me, cleanse thou me from secret faults. Keep back thy servant also from presumptuous sins. Let them not have dominion over me. Then shall I be upright, and I shall be innocent from the great transgression. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. So here we have three types of sins. We have the first are, are errors. Errors are things that we do out of ignorance. They're, vi- they're still sins. They're violations of God's law, but they're things that we do simply because we didn't know any better. How many of you understand that there are things that you were doing before you were saved that violated God's law and you didn't even know it? Those are, those are errors. I, we, we don't even understand them because we don't know what they are. Then there are our faults. Now, I said our faults are not our sins, but these are, the, these are the faults that actually lead us to sin. And then presumptuous sins. Presumptuous sins are things that we know are wrong and we just go ahead and do it anyway. Man, you are in really dangerous territory when you're living like that. Amen? Really dangerous territory. That's why the psalmist prays, Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Wouldn't that be a great prayer for all of us? The words of my mouth and the meditation. What do you think about? What do you meditate on? What do you allow to consume you? What are you eaten up with? Those things need to be acceptable in his sight. We, like the psalmist, need to pray that God will cleanse us, that God will cleanse me from my secret faults. Let's let's talk about it. You may control your temper, but that violent temper is a fault or a defect. That's the point of weakness. You know, we have engineers here and uh, Ed, you know, I know that you, you do the engine castings. I imagine in each engine, it, there, there's a point that is weaker than another point that you have to be careful of in that casting. And, and as an engineer, you better know what that is, right? That'd probably be a good idea. That's the way it is in our lives. We need to know where our weak points are. That's why we need to pray, God, show me my secret faults. There are things about us that we don't even know. How many of you have had something bother you and you really didn't know that that was going to bother you? That's a secret fault. That's a secret fault. Um, Back to the temper. You may control your temper, but that violent temper is a fault and a defect. It is controlled so it doesn't lead to sin. But this fault is still there and has great potential to lead you to sin. Let me give you some others. Some people are just born lazy. They're born lazy. Um, And it's interesting. How many of you have children? One of them walked really early, and the other one just wasn't interested. People are built, they're created differently. You might have one child that really needs to be motivated. You have another child that they you never have to tell them anything. These are our faults. These are the things that we are made to do. Um, it's funny. I'll use Lydia as an example. Lydia is no wait after I say this, okay. Lydia is pretty much the perfect child. And you're thinking, oh, brother. No, no, you miss why." She does it before we tell her because she doesn't want us to tell her. (laughs) Isn't that interesting? Laura was that way. And she still is. And it's so funny. You know, I, I told the guys, Brother Sam... How mean he, you know, he can come across. Now you understand, Laura. That's that's worth that. It's true. It, it's true. But listen. Here are some things that can be fo- defects. Laziness. Um, I listed some. Laziness. Mm. Oh, how about insecurity? Insecurity. It, it, it's so interesting. Some people, they'll say. They think bad of me when probably they're not thinking about you at all. Insecurity, that's that's a fault. That's a weakness. Just as much as arrogance is a weakness and a fault, insecurity is a weakness and a fault. Laziness, you know, that type A personality, the one that's always got to be in charge and always has to be right. Well, you know, honestly, without those kind of people, the world wouldn't really accomplish much. Amen. I, I, I said this to, or I thought of this. Uh, we got a guy that helps us with some counseling. His name's Richard Angwin, and uh, I wanted to tell him this, just just so he knows. Name me one well-adjusted person in the world that actually accomplished something. Isn't that interesting? Everybody. That that actually that, that you know that, that accomplishes the great things. Most of them are nuts. Isn't it true? They're crazy. I got a I got a friend. I won't say his name in case this goes out on the internet. But this this guy is and it's not Dalton, although he's nuts too. But this guy, he's literally a genius. He he, he is he's one of the best musicians in the world. As a matter of fact, he's won world competitions in his field. And he'd talk to us, you know, He'd say, let me tell you about my idea. And he'd start talking to us. And and, and you'd start, you know, it it was a woo woo moment. You know what a woo woo moment it is? Woo. -woo. (laughs) Where in the world did this come from? This guy's nuts. Okay. Now you understand that's most of the great people in the world. The rest of us are the same way, only less so. And now we come into contact with each other. And now we have to interact. And these are our areas that can become sin. And cause us to have genuine problems, not only in our homes, but as a church. The psalmist is crying out for God to help him with these things. Because there is a terrible eruption of sin waiting just below the surface. Now, look at James with me. James. That's one area of fault. Look at James chapter 5. Verse 14. James five 14. You're going to see something really interesting in this text that I think might open your eyes to something. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith shall save the sick, and the Lord shall raise him up. And if he have committed sins, they shall be forgiven him. Confess your, what's it say? Faults one to another, and pray one for another that you may be healed The effectual fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. I want you to notice here a clear distinction between sins and faults. There's something that's really important. I want you to see this. We're told to confess our faults one to another, not our sins. Nowhere in the Bible are we commanded to confess our sins one to another. Who do we take our sins to? We take those to God. He's our high priest, Jesus Christ. He takes them to the Father. Those are the sins that we confess to Him. What do we confess to each other? Our faults. We confess our faults. Um, I'll give you an example. You may have invited someone to have fellowship with you. You know, you come to your house or come to a class activity. And that might be you. You might be the one in here. You've been invited to things, but you don't go. Now, here's what our reaction can be. Our reaction can be, that person doesn't care about the church. That person doesn't care about the Lord. Let's say it's Tristan. Tristan doesn't care about the church. He doesn't care about the Lord. He just doesn't like me. Okay? And all of a sudden, after this message, Tristan comes to me and he says, Pastor, I want you to know something. I'm terribly shy. It's just very hard for me to go into any kind of social setting terribly shy that's a fault that i have would you pray for me that i can overcome that so i can be more a part of the church body i really want to i just don't know how to be a... do you see how that's a fault and by confessing that fault now you understand what's going on with the situation now i know how to pray for that person now i know how to help that person that's so important that we get that And so that's what confessing our faults does. It helps us to understand. Um, Oh, here's one. My sense of humor can come across as rude. I hope I didn't offend you. Now, how many of you know somebody that jokes in a way that's teasing or whatever, and it can be hurtful? How many of you know people that are like that? Well, we have to be careful not to do that. I know that I've done that before. My intent isn't to hurt, it's just funny. It's not funny if it's hurting the person. Amen? And here's what here's what the the cold hearted people say. Well, buck up. Get over yourself. Well, the hard hearted person or the cold hearted person, that's a fault. But the sensitive person that can't be teased, that is, what is it? It, They're both faults. And do you see how maybe there could be some friction there? That's why we confess those things. Um, They're not sins. They're just descriptions of who we are. Some people are always here at church. They're just here. The doors are open. They're here. They're ready to serve. There are other people that aren't here as often. You ready for this? Because they just need somebody to care. They just need somebody to call them and say, hey, I've been missing you. You're important to us. We need you. You understand that there are some people that don't think they fit in anywhere. They don't think that they're cared about anywhere. They, they can miss. They can fall out. And no one notices. Now, the simple fact is we do notice. How many of you ever noticed something like that? You just didn't know what to say. Do You know what you say? Hey, been missing you. Let's go have a cup of coffee. Let's go make fun of so and so. Let's. <laughs> no, don't do that. <laughs> do you see what I'm saying? There should never be someone who is hurting and missing at Grace Baptist Church where they don't get a call. How many of you would say that's really hard for me to do? Would you raise your hand? See. Andrea, did you raise your hand on that? See, that's a fault. That, that's a fault. But we can overcome these faults by the grace of God. Some of us are better evangelists than others, but we're all told to give the gospel. Amen? How many of you realize we've got a community here that needs Jesus Christ? How many of you, honestly, and, and this is not a gotcha moment, how many of you would say that's very difficult for me to do? Would you raise your hand? Well, that's a fault that God, through His Holy Spirit power, can help us to overcome. These are things that we're supposed to confess to each other, and we're supposed to help each other, come alongside each other. Um, Confessing this fault will help you. This is so we can learn to grow together, not allowing our weaknesses to tear us apart. Do you know what this is? This is dwelling with one another according to knowledge just as you're supposed to do with your wife, guys. And the church is just like a husband-wife relationship. We're supposed to be together. Uh, Look at Galatians chapter 6 with me. Galatians chapter 6. Verse 1. Brethren, if a man be overtaken... In a what? In a fault. Ye which are spiritual, restore such an one in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think himself to be something, when he is not, he deceiveth himself. Now look at this. Here's what's going on. This is a person who they have their fault. And the fault has actually grown into a sin. Th- this is where they have that weakness, and we all have these weaknesses, but this weakness has grown into a sin. They have been overtaken in their fault. Look at what it says. You which are spiritual, restore such an one. Now, what does rust do to metal? It, it-, it eats through it. it. It'll ruin it, won't it? That's a fault. That's a weakness of of metal. A weakness of metal is rust. So what do you do when you have a car that you love? you got some old car and you love it. What what do they call it? Yeah, see, but what we do is when we have a brother that's overtaken in a fault, we want to haul him out to the junkyard. No, what we need to do is we who are spiritual, you who are spiritual, you need to invest... As much energy as you invest in that old car, in your brother in Christ who's overtaken in a fault. In your sister in Christ who's overtaken in a fault. And here's why we should do that. We're supposed to do it in the spirit of meekness, considering thyself. You understand that whatever fault, let's say that Denver's overtaken in a fault, what I need to say is, God help me, because I could be in that same fault before sundown. But we don't think that we can. That's that's one of our problems. That's why the psalmist said, show me my secret faults. Cleanse me from them. Show them to me. And so that's why we've got to understand that people are going to fall. They're going to fail. And it is our job to love them and to help them and to restore them. Now, Now, don't miss this. Very little of the ministry is teaching people new things. Most of the ministry is putting people back the way they are supposed to be. It's restoring families. It's restoring lives. It's restoring relationships. It's restoring usefulness and effectiveness. It's it's restoring joy in the ministry. It's restoring that. That's what the ministry is. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Now, go to Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. Let me ask you a question. How many of you, just since we've been going through this, how many of you, God's already spoken to you about something? Would you raise your hand? This is such an important time for our church. This, This service, it's so important. All right, Matthew chapter 18, verse 15. Moreover, if thy brother shall trespass against thee, Go and tell him his fault between thee and him alone. This, James Knox said, this may be the hardest verse in the Bible for believers to live. Right here. If he shall hear thee, thou hast gained thy brother. Now I want you to notice a couple of things about this text. First of all, between thee and him alone. Between thee and him alone. Um, and it's the same thing as we saw in the book of Galatians. When you've got a problem with a, with a brother in Christ, okay? So, I've got a problem with Doug. Man, do I have a problem with you. Alright, so I've got a problem with Doug. I'm supposed to go to him, but I'm supposed to go to him in the spirit of meekness. If my feelings are hurt... What am I supposed to do? Do I go to Him with my feelings hurt? Or do I give that burden to the Holy Spirit and then go to Him to discuss it so we can keep it from happening again? Remember, hurt people hurt people. Amen? The idea of what Jesus Christ is talking about is to restore the relationship... Not do more damage to the relationship. The other thing is, and it's interesting, y'all will... And let me say this. If you have said this to me, this message is not directed just at you because I promise for every one person, there's ten who have said this, okay? So if you think I'm talking about you, I probably am. But you're not in my mind, all right? (laughs) If your phone's ringing, pick it up, honey. All right, now... I can't tell you how many times this has happened. Did you go to him? Yes. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I went and talked to him. Anybody else? Well, just him and her. And they needed to know about it because they were, you know. Do you see how this is one of the hardest verses in the Bible to take care of? I got to tell you, you'd be amazed at how. How seldom this happens where I go to that individual and care for it. And we, too, as mature believers, get it cared for. And the simple fact is, when it's two mature believers, the issue is cared for like that. There's no reason for it to blow up beyond anything other than those two mature believers. But it's when you have two immature believers that it starts to feel like sixth grade. You all know what I'm talking about? And it doesn't matter what social strata you're from. It doesn't matter what career you're in. It doesn't matter what age you are. It degenerates to the same kind of mess. That is what can destroy a church. Now... You hear about this in sports all the time where a team is having a problem and they have a closed-door meeting. How many of you have ever heard of that? Where they all go into the locker room, coaches are out, this is just the team, and the team takes care of it behind closed doors. It doesn't get out in the media because as soon as it gets out in the media, the team blows up. That's what successful teams do. You know, that's what successful churches do also. It's the same thing. We're a team. We're a team. And we've got to handle things properly, quietly. We never fix anything outside of the offending parties. Did you hear what I just said? We're, now I've got to tell you, here's what we'll never do. Imagine if Thelma and Evelyn are having a problem together. We have a church dinner and all the food is green. If anybody knows Thelma, she won't eat anything that's green. Okay? So now there's a problem. Can I tell you something? We're never going to do. We're never going to take a church vote on who's right. So leave the rest of the church out of it. Get it settled. Amen. Put it in a blender, mix it all up, and drink it. It'll be good for you, Jack Lillane. All right. So it's it's just that's very important for us to get. Then look with me. Look with me at Luke twenty three. Luke 23, look at verse 4. Then Pilate then said Pilate to the chief priest and to the people, I find no fault in this man. Jesus Christ is the only person who ever lived without a fault. Amen? That is so good. It, th- this is the one that we need to go to. Imagine if we allowed Jesus Christ to control our steps. Then our faults would never rear their heads if we were walking in the Spirit. Look at Jude. Jude, verse 24. Ready for the good news? The hope? Here it is. Jude. Look at verse 24. Now unto Him that is able to keep you from falling, and to present you what? Faultless before the presence of His glory with exceeding joy. If I walk with the Lord Jesus Christ, if I'm born again and the Holy Spirit is doing His job of sanctification, which He has promised to do, then one day I am going to stand before Jesus Christ faultless. Completely, not only sinless, but perfected in my body. No more weaknesses. No more faults. Until then... I'm going to be a mess, and I need the Holy Spirit to help me in my faults. Revelation chapter 14. Revelation chapter 14, verse 1. And I looked, and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Sion, with him 144,000, having his father's name written in their foreheads. And I heard a voice from heaven as the voice of many waters and as the voice of a great thunder. And I heard the voice of harpers harping with their harps. That's funny, isn't it? And they sung as it were a new song before the throne and before the four beasts and the elders. And no man could learn that song but the 144,000 which were redeemed from the earth. These are they which were not defiled with women for they are virgins these are they which follow the Lamb whithersoever he goeth. These were redeemed from among men, being the firstfruits unto God and to the Lamb. In their mouth was found no guile, for they are without fault before the throne of God. You see, there are going to be a group of people who are faultless before the Lamb. And God said, write it down because I want you to know that one day you are going to be perfect and complete and faultless and sinless. The purpose of Christian fellowship is not to point out each other's faults. It is to bring my faults to you, my brothers and sisters, and say, this is what I need. This is where I'm tempted to fall. This is what I need you to pray about. If you see me messing up in this area, please tell me, this is my fault. You might go to your prayer closet and say, Lord, help the preacher preach on something that I need. What's an earthquake? It's an eruption along a fault line that causes much destruction, much pain, much damage. Do you know what your fault is? It's a weakness in your life. That if it erupts, it'll cause great damage, great hurt, and great pain. All of us have fault lines. Pray that God will bind up our defects before there is an earthquake. Now don't miss this. Two statements and I'm done. Church is not a place where perfect people get together to gloat over their perfection. And the people said, it is a place where imperfect gather together to help one another go on to perfection. That's what church is. Please don't break fellowship with me over my faults. Don't break fellowship with Grace Baptist Church over someone else's faults. And don't allow your faults to cause someone else to stumble. We say this often. I'm not supposed to do anything that will cause a weaker brother to stumble. Amen? but neither am I supposed to be a weaker brother. Psalm 119, 165. Great peace have they which love thy law, and nothing shall offend them. Folks, we all have faults. We all have weak points. We all have issues. The purpose of the church is to help each other, not to hurt each other. If there's a place where a person ought to be safe from ridicule, it's Grace Baptist Church. If there's a place where someone should be safe from being demeaned or abused, it ought to be Grace Baptist Church. If there's a place where someone ought to, be, ought to be free, that they ought to be free from criticism and gossip, it ought to be Grace Baptist Church. Amen? If there's a place that ought to be free of arrogance and, and haughtiness, it ought to be Grace Baptist Church because we're all just beggars showing other beggars where we found bread. You know what we need to do? We need to consider our faults. We need to confess our faults. And if you have a brother or a sister that have revealed their fault, maybe you just might realize, you know what? They have faults just like me. And go on and serve God together. Amen. Thank you, Lord, for your word.